The Jeff Dean Show on ESPN Tucson is brought to you by Desert Diamond Casinos. Desert Diamond is true Tucson. Tucson's only local morning sports talk show. The Jeff Dean Show starts now. Welcome back to hour number two, today's edition of the Jeff Dean Show. I am Jeff Dean here with you on this football Friday, May the 20th, 2022. It is 8.03 on your Tucson Friday, and whether you're joining us on the AM side at 1490, on the FM side at 104.9, or if you're listening via the live stream, which can be found on ESPNTucson.com, I appreciate you guys tuning in here to the show. Also, you can find the podcast and download that anywhere you uh, like to get your podcast, whether it be you know the Apple Podcasts or Audible, TuneIn, Stitcher, all the places you download podcasts from. Just search for The Jeff Dean Show, and you can listen at your leisure in the future and pick and choose some of the things that you like to listen to and fast forward through the other things or re-listen to stuff. It's a great tool, a uh, wonderful thing, the, uh, the podcasters. So, uh, check us out there. But regardless of how you're doing it, I appreciate you tuning in here to the Jeff Dean Show. I know that you have options of where to lend your ears to gather your sports news and information and opinions and entertainment. And I appreciate you choosing the Jeff Dean Show here every single weekday from 7 to 9 as Tucson's only local morning sports talk show. We had a lot of local stuff yesterday. Not a whole lot of local stuff going on today. Uh, the NBA Draft Combine, as I mentioned yesterday, the the three players from Arizona, both – or not both – but Dale and Terry, Benedict Matherin, and Christian Coloco, none of whom, I guess, you know, none of whom decided to play in the five-on-five game, uh, in the five-on-five games, I guess I should say, that have been going on in Chicago at the draft combine. And rightfully so, Coloco, centers don't play in that game usually. It's not, it's, it's a, you know, like I, like I said yesterday, it's kind of like the NBA All-Star game. It's just a bunch of up and down with a bunch of shooting going on. There's no lot of defense being played. Uh, it's mostly for guards and wing players. So centers usually don't play in that game. They do other things um, during that time. And for Benedict Matherin, lottery players don't often, I mean, in fact, they hardly ever play in the five-on-five. And for Dale and Terry, he has chosen to not play in there as well, uh, as I think that he's going to be focusing more on the uh, you know, the, the the measuring the measurements and then also on his pro day workouts, which are going to be occurring over the next few weeks once the combine has has ended. And those are the important things. I mean, people come out of the combine and they say, "Okay, this guy, you know, is really impressive." Jalen Williams is really impressive. The kid from Santa Clara, and I'm not surprised. He is a spectacular player, um, and he may have played himself into a top 15, maybe even a lottery pick in this uh, in this draft, or well, yeah, top 14 is lottery, but. Um, he may have you know put himself into into that into that type of of a realm a guy who was going to be considered a mid to late second rounder could be moving up because of how impressive he's been at the combine but again there are going to be pro workouts and he's going to get invited to a lot of the different pros uh workouts and and they'll they'll take a look at him and that's where i think guys like Dale and Terry and Christian and Benedict Matherin are going to really solidify where their standing is in the upcoming NBA draft I mentioned yesterday I do think all three of them will get drafted in the first round. Dalen Terry said yesterday that if he does not get a first-round grade, essentially, if he doesn't believe that he is going to be taken in the first round, then he will pull his name from the, uh, you know, from the eligibility list there and return to play for Tommy, is what he said. Uh, and that team would be a very, very formidable team, especially now since they just got another Estonian commit uh, overnight, essentially, 
as uh, they got uh, a big man, a six foot ten uh, player out of Estonia, who uh, is going to come in. He's committed to uh, to Arizona. We'll we'll uh, talk about. Actually, I have some information on it here. I I'm not familiar with the player. This is you know again these are players that are, that play over in Europe, and I just don't. I, I I'm not that close to the situation. I don't have enough time to be that close to the situation. Uh, but nonetheless, uh, Henry or Henri Visar <clears throat> has made his commitment to Arizona, uh, according to uh, sources over at a, uh, a website called Euro Hoops. Um, it's one of the uh, they say he's one of the best bigs in the in this generation. Uh, that Vstar will join the Wildcats and share the court with his fellow countryman Kirkrisa, along with other European players. Azulis and Toadfilis Tabellis, Pella Larson, Adama Ball, and the uh, recent commitment that Arizona got from the Serbian player, Filip uh, Borovicinin. So, uh, Visar, <clears throat> they describe him now, he's been playing for Real Madrid. Uh, Visar is described as a versatile big, he's six foot ten, uh, able to play both the five and the four positions that he played with Real Madrid. He uh, put his name uh, in the European basketball radar during his 2019 Baltic Sea Basketball Cup where he dominated the under-16 tournament and then got the call uh, from the the Spanish club, of course, Real Madrid, to start playing for them. Uh, He averaged 16 points and 11.6 rebounds per game, adding 2.5 assists and nearly 4 block shots per game as well. So that is the newest commitment for Arizona's class. Again, a 6'10 Estonian Henry or Henri Visar as uh, he'll be joining this class and uh, gives him uh, apparently he's a guy that can also step out and shoot the three. He's a European player so he's going to step out and shoot the three uh, from that position as well. And uh, he'll get into Chris Round's strength and conditioning program immediately and uh, we'll see dividends paid off. I saw a picture of him. He's, you know, he's very you know slight looking he's young he's just a young kid from europe <clears throat> pardon me a young kid from europe you know obviously with kids that tall they don't have time to catch up you know their bodies they're growing so much uh so he's going to have a lot of uh, muscular and, and physical development to go through but there's nobody better in the entire country to do that than chris rounds and we've got him right here at arizona so thankful for that and, you know, I've seen him transform guys like Larry Markinen from a, what looked like a wet noodle who couldn't fight his way out of a wet paper bag when he got here uh, to the way that he looked when he went to the NBA draft. And basically when he got to the Chicago Bulls, they put him on a, you know, on restriction, said he couldn't lift weights any longer and all this other stuff. But uh, so be, be, be assured that uh, Chris Rounds will dig his hooks into the, uh, the young Estonian and uh, get him in the weight room and get him on the program, and then that'll be uh, we'll we'll see the uh, the uh, the results from that. Of course, you'll see that probably real real quickly. Uh, <clears throat> pardon me. As I mentioned, so not a whole lot of other local stuff going on, but good news for Arizona basketball, which is great. And I did mention yesterday that I do believe that that all three of the guys will be drafted in the first round, just based on. Uh, I don't know, just and it, it's not it's it's not a a, a bias. Um, I think maybe I'm I'm a little biased as it pertains to Christian Coloco because I've seen in in like a Phoenix Suns system, let's say, where DeAndre plays right now. I've seen what players that are built like Christian Coloco that have the same athletic set that he has. 
what they can do at the next level in the right system. Now, Christian also, I saw a, uh, uh, I saw a statistic where they had like a three-point shooting contest at the, at the draft combine. Christian Coloco finished second. In, in the shooting, he was 17 of 25. He shot like, I don't know, it was 70, 78% or whatever that is, whatever the number is. Uh, he was 17 of 25. He was the second best shooter from three-point in, uh, in the contest. So, and you know, we saw Christian, you, you could see him during warm-ups and such, and he would take a couple of three-pointers. Not a whole, not a whole lot of them, but he would take a couple. And I'll be honest, I always thought his jump shot looked pretty good. In fact, I've sent text messages to people. I'm like, I, you know, I'm really impressed with the way Christian – shoots the jump shot like he looks like a natural jump shooter to me considering he's a kid who played soccer up until he was 15 years old um in Cameroon so <laughs> you know uh he's just a really really natural athlete and he's and his body is filled out well and I just feel like there's some team that's going to look at him and say we can use this guy like whether it's going to be late in games for you know, for you know, for defensive rotational replacements in close games where we need you know we need to we need to get stops uh, and we need to put a defense you know defender out there somebody who's going to protect the rim or whether it's going to be someone who says we can use him as a rim runner because he also had the second fastest three quarter court time of all the centers in this draft, meaning that he can really move. Uh, he's got great leaping ability. He's the second longest player in the draft, and. Uh, you know, unlike guys like Walker Kessler, and I know, you know, Walker Kessler had uh, really nice stats at Auburn. You know, there's a lot of things that that Walker Kessler doesn't do. He, he doesn't leave the paint ever for any reason whatsoever. Um, and he's not the most athletic guy in the world. So I think that a, a guy like Christian, and I, I, again, I may be being a little biased because of how I see DeAndre Ayton being played and being used by the Phoenix Suns. I feel like there are plenty of NBA teams out there who could do that same thing with a guy like Christian Coloco. And, and look, it won't be the Phoenix Suns because they don't have a draft pick. I wish they would. I think it would be great to bring Christian in here, in here to be an understudy to DeAndre in Monty's system should Robert Sarver decide to only offer him the qualifying offer of a one-year deal and, and then let him go uh, along his merry way following this season, this upcoming season. So, um, you know, again, but – I do think that all three of them will get drafted in the first round. I just look at you look at some of the some of the measurements, the intangibles, and then of course their 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 uh, production on the floor. Uh, and I believe that that all three of them will get drafted in the first round. And and again, we will celebrate that because we're Arizona Wildcat fans, and we expect our guys to go to the league. And that's what we want. We are an NBA proving ground here, and we want to be well represented in the NBA. And I know that. Fans want to see the guys come back, and they had a magical season this year. Look, the, the team that's coming back this year is going to be very, very good once again. They'll be one of the best teams in the conference. They'll be probably picked to be, you know, first or second in the conference again this year. They'll battle. We have a lot of faith in what Tommy Lloyd and his staff can do, prepping for games and getting ready, getting the team ready for things. And, look, they're learning as they're going along as well. So I'm looking for improvements regardless of what players are there. Uh, on the roster this season for Arizona basketball, and look, it's it's a you know it's lofty because Arizona was one of the top two teams on top three teams in the country the entire season. So it's you know to say that they're going to improve, I'm no I don't mean like they're going to be the number one ranked team in the country. I just know that we're going to see some improvements that may not you know may not generally show in the way that we saw them kind of 
take the world by storm last year, but I do believe that all of these guys are going to be improved players next season, and the coaches are going to be improved from their position of this 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 prior season, and I think it's going to pay dividends for Arizona basketball. And like I said, we want guys in the NBA. That's how you that's how you continue this great tradition that was started by Lute Olson so many years ago. Is you make yourself an NBA proving ground. You turn yourself into this mega program that is out there competing every single year for championships, conference championships, and uh, the occasional national championship as well. So, uh, you know, I, I'm, I, don't, I don't begrudge these young men one bit. I am I'm happy for them, and I say go get it, and uh, we'll root them on at the next level because eventually they're going to go anyways. So <laughs> we're going to lose them anyway. So might as well be now, I guess. Uh, and, uh, and let's, you know, let's focus on watching them at, on one day and watching the college team the other day. And there you go. Uh, so we got other things to get into today. We'll definitely talk some NFL as we do that every single day here on the Jeff Dean Show. That is my promise to you. The, uh, the PGA Championship second round is, uh, I believe it's underway now. Yeah, it is underway now. Uh, Rory McIlroy takes the lead into uh, into day two. Had a five under yesterday. He'll be teeing off at uh, 11.30 today. Uh, Tiger Woods saw some of the highlights, or low lights, I guess he will. Uh, short game doesn't look good. He was really bad with his irons yesterday. He was actually using his golf club as like like a cane to walk around the uh, the course. He just doesn't look good. He doesn't he doesn't look comfortable. He doesn't look healthy. Uh, in his press conference yesterday, they you know they asked him and he said, "I'm in a lot of pain. You know, it's you know, it's it's a it's an everyday thing that that I'm dealing with, whether it's the leg or the back." You know he's he's got some he's got a lot of ailments, and that's you know just what you can expect when you're that caliber of an athlete and you're creating that much torque and that much impact on your body as he did over the many many years that he dominated the world of golf. Uh, those things are going to catch up to you. So um, so it looks like Tiger you know didn't shoot. He's at what he had 74 yesterday. That's well below the cut line as it is right now. So we'll see if uh, if Tiger can uh, can up his game a little bit today. I think he's I think he's actually with Rory today uh, in their in their in the uh, in the group. So it'll be interesting. Look, Rory hasn't won uh, a, a major since 2014. It's been eight years. It's surprising to think that it's been that long since Rory McIlroy has uh, has won a major. But he is uh, right now. In the lead, and again, it's still very, very early in the PGA Championship, but I uh, would love to see him you know, p- you know, possibly cash in another one if he can. He's a good golfer, and it's always good to see uh, you know, the best players at the top of the leaderboard, and that's what we have right now. So we'll see if that continues today. Again, he, t- he tees off at about 1130 today, and uh, the PGA Championship continues on. The... USC Trojans continue their dominance in the transfer portal this year. The there was a lot of talk about Jordan Addison, the the spectacular wide receiver from Pitt, who had you know been at Pitt the entire time. Now former Pitt receiver Jordan Addison, and it was there was a lot of speculation about where he would go. There was talks about him going to Oklahoma. There were talks about him going to LSU. There were talks about him going to Alabama. He chose USC. So now USC has put together themselves one hell of an offseason in the transfer portal. They look like they've turned their talent 
uh, pool around immediately, and it's it's all at like it's all in the you know the, what they call the skill positions. I hate that, uh, but they call it, you know the, the the positions that get the ball. Okay, they upgraded at quarterback. They brought in Caleb Williams. They brought in Travis Dye, the the spectacular running back who's going to start for them right away, and they brought in like. Five wide receivers, all from big programs, all who put up big numbers at their programs before, none bigger than Jordan Addison and what he did at Pitt uh, his last three seasons there at Pitt. So huge get for Lincoln Riley and the uh, and the Trojans as they are kind of building, uh, I think what somebody said, they have the best seven-on-seven team in the country. <laughs> they, they might. They might. Uh, you look at that talent, holy smokes from quarterback to running the, the, the duo of running backs that they got and their slew of wide receivers. Um, hey, listen, I, 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 I like what Arizona's building. If you're looking at just straight seven-on-sevens, I wouldn't, I wouldn't consider what Arizona's got any kind of slouch uh, compared to, uh, to what USC has. I, I think Arizona's going to have some game this year. I really do. Um, you know, I know that, that the early line came out, I think, for the, uh, for the San Diego State game, the opener. In San Diego, San Diego State opened up as a touchdown or a six-and-a-half-point favorite. I, look, I don't know. I, what the hell do I know about that game? I, I haven't had a chance to study San Diego State at all. I know that they've got a good program. They're returning a pretty good team. They had a few guys drafted uh, from you know, in the NFL this, this past season where they had a great season. Thankfully, Matt Ariza is not going to be there any longer kicking 70-yard punts, uh, so that'll <laughs> that'll help. Uh, but, I listen, I think Arizona's going to be game – and, and I think, you know, Arizona's going to hit the ground running this year. They've been working really hard this offseason, has everybody. But I, I just I love the direction that they're headed right now. And, you know, they were able to keep the core of coaches together outside of, you know, a couple of the defensive coaches, of course, uh, obviously the D.C. being the big one there. But they brought in Johnny Nansen. He's played, paid dividends immediately, with not only with uh, just recruiting, but also with coaching. A lot of players like playing for him. And so I think it's it's going to be a uh, uh, it's going to be an interesting season for Arizona. I think there's going to be flashes of what's to come. And I don't know if they'll be able to put it all together this year. Obviously, I don't believe they're a team that's going to win the division or win the conference. I don't think anybody would put them there, but I do think they're going to surprise some people. And I think at times you're going to look at this team and go, "Man, that that is a that is a a a powder keg waiting to erupt on some team and some conference and some." division, you know, whatever, uh, it's, it's just waiting to happen. So, um, you know, it's interesting. I, I know that I talked about it earlier in the week. I didn't get a chance to get to it. John Wilner had put together what he felt were the best quarterback rooms in the conference, and I think he put Arizona third, uh, that Arizona's quarterback room was third best in the conference, which is, <laughs> I mean, that, you know, that's, that's pretty impressive. I think he put it behind uh, USC and UCLA or, you know, vice versa, flip-flop, whatever. Um, oh, that was interesting. Uh, it, it's it's hard to argue uh, when you look at who the quarterbacks are in this conference right now, and they're going to be coming into the you know playing in the conference this year. You got the two LA schools, obviously. You got DTR at UCLA, who's uh, third, you know, going to be a fourth year starter this year, and then you got Caleb Williams, who's all you know, otherworldly type uh, talent uh, at quarterback at USC. But after that, I think you know you've got freshman offensive player of the year at Arizona, and then you're going to follow him up with the the dynamic and magnanimous Noah Fafita. So I think uh, I, I have really hard time disagreeing if I'm taking a, a, a an objective look uh, at it. 
then I think that uh, I, I I think Arizona does, would have the third or maybe the fourth best quarterback room in the conference. So, but uh, we'll talk plenty of college football uh, as we continue on here with the Jeff Dean Show throughout the days and weeks and the months leading up to the season, and of course the uh, the opener in San Diego at their brand new stadium. Hopefully, we can spoil that little grand opening for them. All right. We're going to take a timeout when I return. Some NFL news and notes. That's next right here on the Jeff Dean Show. The Jeff Dean Show on ESPN Tucson is brought to you by Desert Diamond Casinos. Desert Diamond is true Tucson. Now back to the Jeff Dean Show on 1490 AM, 1049 FM, ESPN Tucson. You know, one of the things that I enjoy doing when I'm betting on FanDuel Sportsbook is their same game parlay plus. In fact, I was just now putting one together for tonight. Uh, I'm looking at that, that Golden State Warriors game, obviously, the uh, uh, the Mavericks and the Warriors. So kind of what I'm building here is a GSW money line and some other player props. Like I'm looking at, I'll, I'll, I'll bet that Luka gets nine rebounds or more. I'm betting that Jordan Poole will get more than one-and-a-half three-pointers. I'm betting that Clay Thompson gets three assists tonight. Uh, and then I'm also going to bet the Carolina Hurricanes in their win, uh, in, their, in their money line, essentially, over the New York Rangers. And I'm also going to throw in the Calgary Flames at home over Edmonton. That's an SGP+. Plus, and the odds are the payout is phenomenal. It's, a, it's, it's incredible. So you can put just a little money down, a little bit of stake in there, and be able to spread out the enjoyment over the entire night of sports in the playoffs. And that's one of the great things about FanDuel. In fact, you can only find them on FanDuel with the same game parlay. Plus, do what I did. Combine NBA playoff player props with NHL player props and payouts and money lines and such. And you can mix them all. Mix them as, as you like to get the odds and the payout that you want. Throw a little stake down on there and see what happens and have some fun and enjoy your night watching the games. Now, you can either build your own, like I did, or you can check out some of the popular SGPs where that other people have played on. Like there was one, I think, that there's like 6,000 people have already bet in the GSW Dallas game that you may want to look at. Or there are ones where experts, people in the industry, have put together. You can check out all those, and you can you know mix and match how you want. That's the great thing about it. You can bet your way. And if you're new to FanDuel Sportsbook, that's fine. Just sign up with my promo code, DEAN, that's D-E-A-N, and you'll get your first bet risk-free up to $1,000. That's right. You can make every moment more. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app, use my promo code, DEAN, so that they know that I sent you and have fun with your, with your same-game parlay plus uh, wagers and putting those together. 21 and over and present in Arizona. First online real money wager only. Refund issued is non-deductible site that expires in seven days. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. And if you think you have a gambling problem, please call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342. There's an interesting metric that was put together. If, if you've been listening to the show, you know how much I love the reference sites, whether it be pro football reference, basketball reference. You know, I just, uh, the refer- I live on the reference sites, and I've lived there for 20 years, 20-plus 20 years, ever since you know, I started doing sports talk radio. I was introduced to the reference sites very, very early on in my career and have been relying upon them for statistics and interesting analytical breakdowns of certain things as they continue to improve their product uh, across the board. They hi- have hired more nerds, essentially, pencil pushers, 
to do some more analytical type of breakdowns on their websites. And they've come up with something in the NFL that they call their approximate value, which is their, it's, a, it's called an AV rating. And basically what they do is they attempt to put a number on the seasonal value of a player at whatever, you know, whatever position they happen to play. Now, a lot of times what they will also do is they'll group together draft classes and find out what the AV or the approximate value of an entire draft class is or was and its impact on the NFL. Now, interestingly enough, and I, there's, a, there's a lot of philosophies about why it is this way. Uh, I think it's, personally, I think it's a sprinkling of all of the philosophies. Um, but recently, over the last four years, the AV, the approximate value of the incoming rookie class, has been higher than ever in the history sport in the in the, the sports history. The you know ever since the uh, the NFL went from went from uh, you know went to the seven round uh, the, the the seven round uh, model for draft model in 1994. The average approximate value of a rookie class was in the high teens, like 17, 18. Some classes were even as high as 20. Now, what I mean by that is it was basically the 20th best group of players in the NFL. Okay, They take their numbers, they add them all up, and then they group them together. So the impact was that the, you know these, these rookie classes, you know, for instance, like you know, 2011, uh, was like Patrick Peterson and Aaron Rodgers, uh, Cam Newton, you know, those types of players. Uh, you know, you've, you've, you're looking at, you know, guys who maybe didn't have impact right away. But recently, in the last four years, and in fact, the 2018 class was the number one AV group in the entire NFL. 2019 was the number four AV group. 2020 was the number two. And 2021, last year's class, was the number three group of players in the entire league why is that now the av i'm not going to try to get too nerdy on you here because there's a lot it basically it it provides a numerical value on the impact that they had in the league now it's amount of snaps played amount of influence in the games like win over uh, replacement all those types of things are kind of factored in there and you get an av score so the rookies have been dominating the AV groups of the last four years. Why is that? Well, I think a lot of it is because of escalating salaries. Certain teams are deciding to uh, we're just you know we're going to go with uh, you know we're going to go with the the, the the cheaper player. We're going to play rookies a little bit longer. Maybe it's because just the the the, the rookies are more NFL ready than ever because of better coaching at the collegiate ranks and also just a bigger commitment to the you know to being a professional football player at a younger age than there has ever been there are tons of 7 on 7 camps there are former NFL players who offer camps and schools for players you know I I'm, you know, I'm good friends with a former NFL quarterback who has his own quarterback school here in in, in up up here in the valley uh that has gotten uh, I think he's on five kids now in the NFL that have, that have gone on to the NFL. So uh, actually six now that Brock Purdy's in the NFL. So, you know, there's, there's, a, there's a, a, a heavier concentration of dedication to specific roles in the NFL at the, at the next level that are being taught. Um, I think a lot of the coaches, you know, coaches are getting younger, 
and they're adapting to having more younger players that essentially you know get themselves into the games and stuff they they aren't relying too heavily on veterans they're allowing young players to come in recognizing their talent allowing them to come in and, and make a difference i think it's i think it's honestly i think it's a collection of all three but it's showing that the nfl like the NBA's been this way for a long time. Like incoming, you know, incoming rookies and stuff have had a, a large impact in the NBA until recently. It's gone kind of the other way. Whereas the NFL is going the opposite direction. The NFL is becoming a younger man's league where the superstars are now younger. I mean, look at I mean, look at some of the, you know, the biggest stars in the league, not not including quarterbacks. Some of the biggest stars in the league are Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase, uh, uh, C.D. Lamb, Debo Samuel, right? I mean, all these guys, huge superstars that have not been around, not been in the league for very long. Some of them were in their rookie year last year. So um, I think it's, a, it's, a, it's an interesting indication of where the NFL is going. And I, honestly, I think a lot of it has to do with the pay scale, the rookie pay scale. You know, no longer are we paying the number one pick, you know, Matthew Stafford, $44 million a year. <laughs> Uh, it's you know it's a it's a much more truncated scale, and they're allowed to give uh, that allows them to give veterans more money. But then you get veterans asking for fifty million dollars a year, which means you're going to have to play a lot of rookies who are coming in on rookie contracts. So, uh, but it's good to see that they're performing, and I, and I think it's it's at all levels it's going to be better for the sport. All right, we're going to take a timeout. More after this, you're listening to the Jeff Dean Show here on ESPN Tucson. The Jeff Dean Show on ESPN Tucson is brought to you by Desert Diamond Casinos. Desert Diamond is true Tucson. Back to the Jeff Dean Show on 1490 AM, 1049 FM, ESPN Tucson. Welcome back to the Jeff Dean Show here. Last uh, 15 minutes or so of today's edition of Football Friday edition. You know, the the NFL has <laughs> obviously they they've cornered the market on, you know, just about anything you could possibly imagine. I don't know if there's much more innovation that we'll see from the NFL. Uh, you know, it it's going to they don't really need to. Like it, it's one of those things like where in in business, you make changes when you're on top because if you make changes when you're when you're not doing well, People will be like, oh, they're just desperate for change, and people won't respond to the change well. If you make changes when you're the king, when you're on top, most people will just be like, man, that is, that is such a smart move for them, and look at them being innovators. It's so funny how we, we view those types of things, but it's, it's true. It's really the way it is. So the NFL expanding their, you know, their television rights, essentially, to Amazon, if, if they had done if, – if this were the NHL, okay – if this were the NHL or NASCAR or something like that and said, we've struck a deal with Amazon, which is, you know, a, a, a incredible company to get in, you know, involved with, obviously. It's one of the most lucrative companies on planet Earth. To get involved with them would be a real feather in the cap for any of those leagues. But in the sports person's eye, in, in America's sports, if the NHL or the or NASCAR had had, you know, signed that deal with Amazon we would look at it as a, it's a desperate attempt for eyeballs. They must be really struggling for this and struggling for that. But the NFL signs a deal like, this is brilliant. These guys know exactly what they're doing. This is the right move for everybody. And, I mean, it's so funny the perception that we have of when people make changes, whether it's a good change or whether it's a bad change. Like, 
if you're the best at what you do, people just trust that you know what you're doing. And rightfully so. But they look, people make mistakes all the time. And it's, it's just, I've, I've, I thought it was interesting. I was having a conversation with a buddy who, who runs a bar uh, because he was asking me, he's like, hey, how the hell am I going to have Thursday night games on Amazon? I don't, you know, you can only run, you know, Amazon Prime through a, you know, through a device, you know, essentially like you got a Fire Stick or, you know, a whatever, a Roku or something like that. And if you use smart TVs, you got to have a subscription for every damn TV. You got 42 TVs in the bar. It's going to cost you a million dollars to just show the Thursday night games. And I'm like, oh, that's that's a good point. I you know I don't know. And the answer is, they don't have a plan right now. <laughs> so they like they signed this deal right with Amazon for Thursday nights, and they don't like as it stands right now. Everybody will be sitting at home watching the games because. There is no plan for bars to buy the Thursday night football game. <laughs> I mean, now, I think, I'm hoping that they'll probably change this because over in Europe, uh, Amazon has been carrying uh, soccer games, football games, for quite some time, Euro League and, and uh, whatever, the other, one of the other leagues that they, they run over there. Uh, there's so many of them, I don't even, can't even keep them straight. Amazon has like a like a, a pass basically that you buy a, like a bar would buy that gets them a device that will then let them access and distribute throughout their entire you know bar full of televisions. But I mean here we are knocking on the door of June. It's May 20th, right? We're knocking on the door of June. Preseason games going to be starting here pretty soon and the answer from the NFL and Amazon are you can watch on Amazon Prime in the comfort of your own home. Now, I'm not saying you have to go to the bar to watch games, but certainly people would like to go to bars to watch the games. Uh, people that are you know, out of town visiting across the country, you go to the hotel room, the hotel's not going to have Amazon Prime on your TV, okay? so you're not going to be able to watch it there, so you have to go to the bar if you want to watch the game. And the Thursday night game to kick off the season, Buffalo at the Rams, Pretty big game, right? People are going to every, – every every eyeball in America is going to be on that on that game because not only is it the opening game of the NFL season that people get all geeked up about, I do too, rightfully so, it's a huge game. Like, it is must-see TV. These are two of the most talented, two of the best teams in the entire NFL. If you ask me, they are the two best teams in the NFL right now in the offseason. The, the, you know, amount to much more than a hill of beans – at the end of the season, usually. But nonetheless, I think they're the two best teams in the NFL. And right now, this NFL partnership that was so brilliant to partner with Amazon on Thursday nights doesn't have a plan for being able to watch that in the sports bars. I just thought, like, how do you like, how do you do this and not announce that, hey, when you roll it out, it, that you have this plan? And like I said, everybody makes mistakes. And I'm not saying that they haven't thought about this. I'm sure I'm. I'm not trying to scare anybody here. I'm I'm sure that the NFL and Amazon will figure out a way that they have a plan for getting those games on the TVs at the sports bars for Thursday night football. It just hasn't been laid out yet. So, our perception of how businesses or how entities go about their business is is very you know, very dependent on the success of that business. 
people aren't questioning the NFL and Amazon right now, but their partnership because they're at the top of their game. It's the number one retailer in the world and the number one entertainment uh, outlet in the world, the NFL and Amazon. They are the two best at what they do. So we just assume that they're going to get it right. We, we applaud them for making this great deal. But as I mentioned, if this had been the NHL making this deal with Amazon and they were super excited, we're going to have you know four nights a week of NHL hockey on Amazon, and people would be like, what do you mean you don't have any – any plans to put it on the sports bar? What are you guys, stupid? You guys don't know what you're doing. You know, just t- totally desperate. Another failed attempt by a desperate league trying to get eyeballs on their product. <laughs> don't tell me you wouldn't say that because you know exactly how that, that conversation will be going, not only on the, the, the radio shows, the TV shows, the podcasts, but fans just in general sitting around the water cooler. Can you believe that? NHL is so desperate that they went to Amazon and they don't even have a plan to put them on in the bars. Huh. What a joke. I'm never watching NHL again. <laughs> NFL does it. Everybody's like, yeah, who cares about the sports bars? We got Amazon and the NFL partnership. Again, I don't think that they haven't completely forgotten or neglected what's going to be happening in the sports bars on Thursday nights. But it sure would have been nice to know, like, from the beginning. Like, can we get a quote from somebody from, you know, one of the higher-ups in one of the two – businesses one of the two companies to be like yes we have a plan we're developing a you know a a, a channel or a you know a, a device right now or a stream or so you know some type of way that your sports bar can buy a subscription to the Amazon Thursday night pass or something you know whatever it's going to cost $500 a year uh, you know whatever for all of your TVs throughout Thursday night and bars will line up and shell out the dough because they have to <laughs> because if you don't have Thursday night football, you are a joke, right? Uh, sorry, can't watch the game here. We didn't want to spend the $500 to put the games on for the next 17 weeks and the you know 70 or 80 people that are going to show up every single week to watch the games that would have easily paid for the subscription probably after the first night. <laughs> so you'd be a joke. And, again, like, there's a lot of those. There are. I, I remember this. I was. We were in. We were in the Bay Area, and Larry Scott, the then commissioner of the Pac-12, was also in the Bay Area, entertaining some high-dollar constituents, some people that he was looking to sell some of the Pac-12 to, apparently. And they went out for a little night on the town, and they wanted to watch the basketball game that was on. It was a big basketball game that night, and they wanted to watch the game. It was Arizona Stanford. They wanted to watch the big game. And when they went into their first bar slash restaurant and they said, can you put the Pac-12 network on, the people looked at them like they were cross-eyed. Like, oh, you, got a, you, got a, you got an arm growing out your forehead there. What are you talking about? Pac-12 network, what is this? Then they went to another place. Pac-12 network, no, we don't have it here. Pac-12 network, no, we don't have it here. They went to three separate places in the Pac-12's backyard, and these bars did not have the Pac-12 network. Now, I'm not going to blame those bars because Pac-12 Network has been very difficult for anybody to get. Uh, so I blame Larry Scott and, you know, everybody that was involved in that decision-making on that problem. But it just goes to show you that there is situa- there are situations out there where eh, they don't have it. They don't have access to stuff. All right, we're going to take a time out. When I return, I'll put a big, bright, red, shiny bow on today's edition of the Jeff Dean Show. That's next right here on ESPN Tucson. 
The Jeff Dean Show on ESPN Tucson is brought to you by Desert Diamond Casinos. Desert Diamond is true Tucson. More of the Jeff Dean Show on 1490 AM, 104.9 FM, ESPN Tucson. Welcome back. Final segment, today's edition of the Jeff Dean Show. Thank you for tuning in today. You know, as the NFL moves inevitably toward deciding whether or not to suspend newly acquired Browns quarterback Deshaun Watson for some or all of the 2022 season, or whether they're going to simply wait until all of the civil lawsuits, the 22 civil lawsuits that are currently pending against him, have resolved, HBO, uh, Real Sports with Bryant Gumbel, had apparently a sit-down with several of the women who are the accusers of Watson in this sexual misconduct case. And apparently, per a release from HBO, the women, quote, detail the alleged abuse they suffered and share their reactions to Watson's $230 million contract with the Browns. And that show will debut next Tuesday, May 24th at uh, 10 o'clock Eastern time, 7 o'clock local, if you have HBO and watch Real Sports. Or if you're just interested to find out what these uh, what these women said about what's been going on, Duh. it it definitely could be interesting. And then look, this is this has always been something that that I've talked about ever since the Ray Rice situation. Okay, and I, I hate to to you know scratch open a, a you know a sore wound or a scab or anything like that. But look, when when Ray Rice was originally suspended for domestic domestic abuse and domestic violence, all right, we you know we didn't know what what that looked like we didn't see the video and then when the video came out in the elevator of him beating and kicking and tossing the woman outside of the elevator we all of a sudden said oh my god that's horrific and then he got banned from the league because of what we saw we we were able to witness that and and my my response to that has always been what do you think domestic violence looks like like did you think it was some picnic and then you realized what a horrific situation it really was was that the was that the shock and awe that was caused by that video, I still, to me, I'm like, what do you think it looks like? Why? <laughs> I've never understood why people were just like, oh, my God, it's terrible. Yeah, it's terrible. It was terrible before we saw the video. Now, these these women that are going to be coming out on the show on uh, on Real Sports with Brian Gumbel on HBO next week, if we if they go into detail, which it says they will, they will detail the abuse that they suffered, uh, we may hear some things that are shocking, that are that are stunning to us. And we may start to shift our focus, and the NFL may do so in kind. They may also begin to shift their focus towards uh, a, a pre-resolution ban or a pre-resolution suspension of Deshaun Watson, just based on what we hear. And my response to that is, what do you think sexual abuse and sexual misconduct looks like? I mean, certainly there are varying grades of it, but 22 of them have, you know, come forward in this class action lawsuit, essentially, this civil suit. What do you, like, what, is that going to, is that going to completely change your mind? I don't know. Maybe it will, but we'll see. It'll be interesting to see what, uh, what comes out that Tuesday night as uh, those women speak, uh, come forward to speak about what's been going on in this case. All right, that is going to wrap things up for today's edition, for this week's edition of the Jeff Dean Show. Thanks to Mary back in the studio for all her hard work, keeping us on the air here and everything that she does for us throughout the day and throughout the week. 
And, of course, thanks to you guys for tuning in. Be sure to tune in today for Spears and Ali from 3 to 6, and I will see you guys on Monday morning bright and early for the next edition of the Jeff Dean Show right here on 1490 AM, 104.9 FM, ESPN Tucson. Thanks for listening to the Jeff Dean Show, Tucson's only local morning sports talk show. Jeff will be back Monday morning at 7 on ESPN Tucson.